0: god is at work all around nebraska and throughout the midwest and for more than a decade and a half now we have seen evidence of the work of god through the efforts of the todd becker foundation now they have been taking the gospel into evening school events and into the public square now keith becker is the ministry director for the todd becker foundation and he is our guest this morning Keith, welcome back to The Morning Conversation. Good morning to uh, the MyBridge Radio family. It's always such a joy to connect with you all, so thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, great to have you on. So we're looking forward to hearing all about uh, what God did through the recent Stint uh, discipleship weekend last month. There's some people that don't quite know what the Todd Becker Foundation is, so really, really, really quick, just give a kind of a thumbnail sketch of what the Todd Becker Foundation is.
0: Yeah, so the Todd Becker Foundation was started back in 2005 when my 18-year-old brother Todd was tragic killed in an Mm. alcohol-related car crash. He was a senior in high school, and unfortunately, he was uh, making choices that were very, very destructive in his life. And And uh, long story short, that tragedy opened my eyes to my need to follow Jesus Christ, to turn away from the path of destruction, and to follow Christ. And through that, um, God called me Uh, When I committed myself to Christ to a ministry of taking this tragic story, the Todd Becker story, into public high schools across our nation, mostly here in Nebraska. And we use his story as a platform to point people to Jesus Christ. So when people ask, hey, what's the Todd Becker Foundation? Essentially, it's taking Todd's tragic death, using it as a platform to challenge and encourage young people to follow Jesus Christ on the narrow road.
1: So, Keith, we had the opportunity over the last couple of months to bring the the My Bridge Radio family into knowing about and hopefully attending, many of them attending the stint Weekend that just happened here not too long ago. Uh, So, the stint Discipleship Weekend for youth. So, first of all, what led up to what? became the Stint Weekend.
0: Yeah. So actually, Stan, interesting. This has been a three-year process. Hmm. So um, about three or four years ago, some of your listeners may be familiar, we have an internship called STINT. STINT stands for Short-Term Ministry Internship. And the vision of our internship is to take young people that we've met on the road through our outreach events and disciple them. You know, um, every evangelistic ministry, mine included, <laughs> is criticized. Well, what do you do after people come to Christ? Right. You just leave them out there. So we really felt that burden to try to help contribute to their furthering journey of following Christ. So we did a stint internship about seven, eight years ago. So what happened was we take these interns through a journey of discipleship. Well, we took them and we do take our interns to a conference in Minnesota every year. It's an apologetics conference, equipping them to be able to defend the faith, to Mm -hmm. give answers to tough questions, questions that we all hear every day. Is the Bible reliable? So we were taking our our interns up to that every year. One of the years we've been up there, we thought, boy, wouldn't it be so neat if we did something like that in central Nebraska, kind of the rural areas that we reach. And so, Stan, literally, we prayed about this for over two years, honestly. In fact, Sean McDowell, the speaker we got this year, we had him booked two years prior to this Mm, event. Wow. And we changed the date because we thought, oh, we're not ready yet. He was so good to work with us. So our vision was, hey, we're seeing what other conferences, the, the equipping they're doing. We've seen several thousand young people attend these other conferences and we're going God, would you do that in Nebraska? Because we know that so many young people are facing the same questions that the young people are facing in the big cities, you Mm -hmm. know? And so the vision that we got was we believe that God is calling us and wants us to equip our local areas, whether it be from Elm Creek to Burwell. And so the big call on that we felt the Lord saying is do it right here, do it locally and make a big impact. So our vision was, again, to help young people be equipped with the same questions that young people all across the nation are faced with and helping them right here at home.
1: Keith, God puts this thing in in your heart and your team's heart to bring solid equipping to the Midwest. Thus is birthed the Stint Discipleship Weekend that was held recently. So hope going into it would be that you would reach how many initially? Well, here's the
0: funny thing, okay? (laughs) So uh, we, number one, a great staff. One One of the biggest blessings that I have in my ministry now is mature staff many Mm. of them been here almost 10 years now they really were the ones who spearheaded this vision but i remember specifically when we we walked down to look at the venue we thought yeah we'll probably have a couple hundred maybe if we get 200 we're going to be so encouraged because frankly stan i told our team look guys Hey, we're talking about deep issues. Is the Bible reliable? Hmm. What's the Bible say about anxiety and depression? And so honestly, we're thinking, look, you know, how many young people really (laughs) want to sit under that, right? right? So God, if we could have a couple hundred, boy, that would be so awesome. And Stan, we were blown away, as you know, Hmm. really four weeks before the event, we sold completely out. And not only that, did we sell out, but we were scrambling going, okay, how do we fit more, fit more, (laughs) fit more? And so we sold almost 800 tickets. Oh, my goodness. Now, Thank here's what I want you to hear, though. And I mean this. My Bridge Radio mm-hmm. is fulfilling their mission so well of connecting people to what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Stan, I'm telling you honestly, and you didn't ask me this. We didn't talk about this off air. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> but we believe that 70 to 80% of all those who came to our conference reported on our questionnaire and our tickets. Sales that they heard about it on MyBridge Radio. Wow. 70 to 80% put in the MyBridge Radio code. Now, I say that to not only encourage you, but to say this is the beauty of the parts of God's body working together. amen We were thinking 100, 200 people. You know how many people call and said, man, MyBridge Radio won't stop talking about it. <laughs> So, the point is, you fulfilled your vision of connecting people to what God is doing, and then I believe we fulfilled our vision mm-hmm. and our calling of then equipping people through this conference. So, mm-hmm. it was just a beautiful, beautiful That's picture awesome. of God's people, Amazing. the parts of the body working together. Mm, amen.
1: Keith, I wasn't able to make the stint weekend. Lots of people listening this morning because they were adults and <laughs> didn't either. First of all, bring us into the experience before. We'll talk about kind of the what you saw come out of it impact-wise, but just let us feel the weekend. Bring us in. To it.
0: Well, first of all, so encouraging. Several of the volunteers, youth leaders, pastors said, Man, seeing six, seven, eight hundred kids mm-hmm. gathered in a conference center to hear biblical truth, that alone was energizing, exhilarating, oh, yes. right? So the first night we had. Sean McDowell share uh, a main session on, can everybody have their own truth? Hmm. What a great question. <laughs> How many young people today are walking around going, you know what, it's true for you, but it's not true for me. Or, you know, I believe this, you believe that. Sean did a fabulous job that first session of breaking down that there is absolute truth. It it can't just be true for you and not for me. There are certain things in this world that are true for everyone. Well, here's the beauty of it. We had a worship team from Omaha that came that did a beautiful time of worship. And one of the things we said with this conference, Stan, is we didn't want this just to be an intellectual informational Mm. conference. We wanted to give students after each session, an opportunity to respond. And so we responded anyway. It wasn't necessarily salvation. It was that, oh man, I've been believing the lie that everybody can have their own truth. So let's pray over that, release that, repent of that that wrong thinking and ask God to fill it with the truth. So the first night, just so, so many kids, so encouraged, Sean gave a powerful message. And when the time came for the worship team to come up and give a moment of response, We challenge young people to go back, not forward, to our prayer partners. We decided, you know, we don't want this to be a a, a show where, you know, people got to come forward. We just said, if you know you need to release some of this stuff, come backwards. Stan, I was back there watching one by one. Kids, get up. Go back. Our prayer area. Sounded like a chicken farm. I mean, this (laughs) prayer is just beautiful. Hmm. It was so overwhelming to just see all those kids come back, say, I want to release this to the Lord and pray with someone. And so the atmosphere was just so exciting. Everyone was encouraged. The fact, in fact, many of our guest speakers said, it just seemed like this audience was so in tune and so hungry. So the atmosphere was in itself so exciting that that many people want to hear truth.
1: Keith, we're talking this morning about the Stint Discipleship Weekend. You shared just a few moments ago about a beautiful moment, the opening night. I don't know how you can get much better than that. I would love to know kind of what a personal highlight was for you, kind of as you kind of processed it and experienced it. What was a personal highlight for you?
0: Well, there's so many great speakers. You know, we did breakout sessions. Of course, a friend of yours, a friend of the ministry, a friend of Mybridge, Lincoln Murdoch, did a mm. session on how to know you're really saved. Yeah. We had a speaker Brady Cohn, who talked about human sexuality and to help people understand and process the the LGBTQ agenda and, and do it in a compassionate way. But one of my highlights, Stan, is this. So a year ago, we went to a school in Southern Nebraska, did our outreach event, and we met a pastor there. Long story short, that night we had roughly about 100 kids come to Christ. So cool, right? Well, this pastor started a Bible study after Our event there. And it started with three boys who came forward that night. Long story short, six months later, it was up to 10. About a year later, it was up to 15. And when he heard we were having this conference, he challenged all the boys in his Bible study who came forward at our event back at his school in southern Nebraska. He challenged them come to this event. By the way, this pastor is like. 60 years old. He's a youth pastor. (laughs) So he's like, I got to go to this. I got to go to this, you know, uh, conference in Carnegie. But he got him in a van, got him all here. And the highlight for me, Stan, was seeing the fulfillment of the vision. Hmm. that Here was this pastor who brought 15 kids Hmm. who a year and a half prior had come to Christ during our outreach event at his high school, at their school in Southern Nebraska, And that, to me, just is the exact picture we're hoping to fulfill with this discipleship weekend, taking people that have made commitments to Christ, helping them then take the next steps and grow in their faith in Christ.
1: So, Keith, it's been a few weeks since the uh, this Discipleship Weekend that we've been talking about through this morning. I'm sure you started to get some feedback from what God did in the hearts and lives of students and probably some adults as well that, that were there. Give us a little snapshot of some impact.
0: Well, we all know, especially as parents, we all know that young people today face overwhelming um, pressures, anxiety and depression. And suicide is just rampant in our young people today. And uh, one of the great testimonies we already have amongst other is we had a session on anxiety and depression where we had uh, one of our staff shared her testimony of God walking her through and setting her free from those uh, anxieties and suicidal thoughts. Thoughts. And then we had a three licensed Christian counselors in that session. We had one young lady who came into that session essentially going, you know, are there any answers? Hmm. You know, is, is this the way that I'm always going to be? Just feeling overwhelmed all the time. Like there's no reason to move on. And this young lady wrote us an email two days later after the conference and said, you know, I sat there. I sat there and I listened. And for the first time I can recall, I was filled with hope, wow. filled with with hope that this isn't my identity, that yes, I'm struggling. We're not going to deny the struggles. We're not going to deny that the world has really put a dark cloud over a lot of young people. But what she said is, I realize that this isn't going to define me, that my depression, my anxiety, just because I've had suicidal thoughts does not have to define me anymore. And Stan, again, that's just a picture of in just one session, uh, hope hope that comes out. And this This young lady walked away having a reason to continue one more day, one more week, one more month following Jesus Christ. There is hope.
1: Keith, we were talking a few moments ago. You shared a powerful story of a young woman that uh, was given hope hope breathed into her soul, possibly even saving her probably at some point if she would have continued on the path that she was in from uh, taking her own life potentially. Again, 800 kids there. I know you have more stories. So we have time for at least one more story of just the (laughs) impact that uh, you saw happen through that weekend as you've kind of been getting
0: feedback. Well, again, I mentioned earlier, you know, the prayer times we had with kids and, and just actually two testimonies. Uh, one prayer partner said when a kid came back and prayed, he was shaking, he was trembling. He just had so much on his mind. And he said, by the time we were done praying, this kid was just so full of peace. Just, you know, it just felt like he'd released the burden that the heaviness came off. And and that, I think, is a picture of the the whole prayer area we had. But one of the bigger testimonies happened from Lincoln session on how to know you're really saved. And this is so cool because Lincoln says, you know, the room was bright. There wasn't any light or there wasn't any dim lights. There wasn't any smoke. There wasn't any music. He said, I was just in this room sharing, you know, the, how to be saved, the steps of salvation. Well, what's so cool is in this session, there were six kids in about, oh, 75 in that session who made a commitment to surrender Their lives to Christ. Now, the way I know this is two of those boys came out of the session and they were asking volunteers, hey, where's Keith at? Where's Keith? Where of course I'm running around with, you know, crazy. And these two kids came and they found me. Hmm. And I mean, Stan, they were filled with so much joy. It looked like they had just won a million. Bucks, and I said, I didn't know what that was going on. Said, so what's going on? You know, they said, We just came from this guy named Lincoln and we just surrendered our life to Jesus. Wow, and you know, and they had these little white flags in Lincoln's session. Mm -hmm. He gives them a white flag symbolizing I'm waving the white flag of surrender, and they were carrying those and they were just so excited (laughs) that hey, this begins a new journey for me. There was not only hope, but there was excitement about the future. And again, Stan, so many stories like that, too many to tell. Uh, But we're just so grateful for all these breakout session speakers who did a wonderful job of sewing this Seed of God's truth and God's hope in young people,
1: Keith. I'd love you. I'd love to have you speak to the impact of a moment, and specifically, what I mean by that. Obviously, God creates through your ministry lots of moments. You you don't even with these discipleship weekends. I mean, that's still a moment of time, right? And when you do the outreaches in different. communities at the moment, but moments are powerful <laughs> and yep. they shift trajectories that play out over days, weeks, months, years, destiny. So I, I know, I'd know i love for you to speak to the power of a moment and the, what Jesus can do w- in a life that isn't just temporary, even though that was a short window of time that they were exposed to uh, to the ministry.
0: Yeah. Great question, Stan. Great point. And it's interesting you would say that because the way we ended the conference, the last session, was really just a session of worship and response. And one of the things that we strongly tried to communicate that last session is exactly what you're saying is this is a moment to do business with God. And you may not ever have this moment. You know, the reality of it was, we said this from stages, there will be some people who simply just won't live another year you know, we don't know. And the power of that moment, Stan, is when, you know, the Bible speaks a lot about when you hear the Lord's voice, do not harden harden your your heart. heart. Now is the time of salvation. Now's the time to respond. And what is so great about a moment, stand is we know this journey with Christ is going to have ups and downs, hills and valleys, but it always begins with one step, one step forward, one step to the cross. We get up the next morning, take a step to Christ, take a step forward. And so, It's so um, hard to overstate the value of just one moment, one step. And so, like that last session, we encouraged Stan and we made the reality, the connection to reality of a picture of my brother, Todd, Mm -hmm. who – is dead, right? Mm -hmm. And help people see that this is a moment where you've been exposed to truth, to the compassionate, to the grace, to the love of God, but also the truth that you must be very wise in in the way that you live and the way that you walk. And this is a moment to respond to that. And Stan, that's what's so cool. You know, just like those boys I spoke about earlier, you know, when you make that decision to live your life devoted to Jesus Christ, that's a one moment in time, but it lasts a lifetime. And that one moment affects your entire life.
1: Keith, I had the opportunity here a few weeks ago to uh, speak to a high school class. You know, I had not been in high school for a long time. You know, to feel darkness, quite frankly, and in the, in the liberality of it. I was just picturing, again, all the craziness of our world. That same thing is being mirrored in our schools. Give us a perspective and a hope for kids in that context.
0: Yeah, well, it's a great point because the reality of it is: is will a young person spend the majority of their before they're eighteen years old? Mm. And that is in the school, their public school, absolutely. So this is why I always tell parents: be very sober then in what you're sending your kids into. Be aware you're sending them into devil's lions den. Absolutely, you just are. You are. You're sending them into a place where the worldview that they're being taught day after day is diametrically opposed to the Christian worldview. Now, that doesn't mean you just pull them out, but it means you prepare them. They need to be equipped. They need to have the full armor of God on, like Ephesians talks about. You know, I hate to say it, they almost need a pep talk every morning, you know, for what they're going into. Stand firm against the devil. Watch out. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's 1 Peter, right? So, as a I would say to just encourage them, hey, you you probably can't help that they have to go to a public school. But what you can help Is day after day reminding them that the majority of the message they're getting really teaching a view that is opposite of what it means to follow Christ. Also, don't be afraid to be a light. Look, we're gonna get Mm. persecuted. We're gonna get made fun of. I'm just aware more and more these young people, when they say yes to Jesus in a public school today, wow, they're immediately going to be ostracized, Mm. pushed aside. So just help help them be prepared, encourage them and support them in that.
1: Mm, So good. Well, and thank you, Keith, for or being that light and bringing that light to the public schools and uh, fighting for the hearts and the eternal destinies of our kids across the state and across the country.
0: Well, thank you, Stan. And one last thing I would say is um, when I looked out on the crowd on this conference and saw seven, 800 kids with their Bible open, soaking up biblical truth, mm-hmm. I do want to say this to encourage all the listeners. God is at work. He's still moving in young people. Even other ministries are experiencing this, that they want to hear the truth, so we can't give up on them. We got to keep pressing in, we got to keep exposing them to the truth because God truly does have a few maybe not a lot, but a few who want to be the light and they will be the light. So, press on,
1: amen.